Hello, guys. Perfect. Um, sorry for the initial <laughs> delay. How are you? How's everyone doing? Mark, Manan, great to have you here. Hey, great to be here. Great to be here, too. Perfect, perfect. Um, yeah, we are just inviting everyone else. Um, so as a start, maybe let's, let's have a, a quick intro round. Um, so maybe Manan, Mark, one of you wants to start, and then we can kind of dive further into the topics of today. I can go on, and then maybe Mark can continue. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Manan Patel. Uh, until recently, I was the uh, head of growth at Ocean Protocol. Uh, I have been in blockchain space uh, since about like 2016, so I have seen a lot uh, until now and really excited about the future of blockchain, uh, especially on the metaverse side and data side. Mark, you're up. Yeah, I have mic issue, but uh, yeah. So I'm Mark, uh, I'm the integration lead at Aave, and we are liquidity protocol on Ethereum, Polygon, and Avalanche, and soon other networks. And uh, we help people supply assets and take liquidity as seamlessly and in a permissionless and decentralized way. Uh, and we are part of what we call decentralized finance. Perfect, perfect. Um, I see we also have now Marcus on the stage um, from Sandbox. Hey, Marcus, how are you? Hey, everyone. Sorry for being late. I had to wrap up another meeting. Excited to be here. Perfect. Just doing intro rounds. Um, so if you like, you could just kind of continue quickly introduction of yourself. And yeah, um, then we can, we can add the other people to the stage. Yes, of course. Sure. Um, again, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Marcus. I'm the marketing director at the Sandbox, which is a decentralized virtual world based, uh, like built on the Ethereum blockchain. And um, we are right now ramping up to release our baby that we've been working on for the last couple of years to the world with the um, Alpha launching next Monday. I am also the co-founder of a um, NFT play to earn game called Rumble Kong League. So there's a lot going on right now. Yeah, great. Um, I think it's definitely an amazing, like, um, yeah, different angles that we have here today. We have the Sandbox, we have Aave, we have former Ocean Protocol, so kind of a convergence of DeFi data as well as the metaverse. Um, I also see we now have Sagar, Lucas, Yusuf on stage. One of you guys would like to do a quick, quick intro. Hi, guys. Uh, great to be here uh, again. Thanks, Nico. Myself, like we, we, we co-founded like, the co Meta Game Hub around um, March, April. Um, got interested in the space first through smart contracts and uh, all the possibilities we can go through there. Um, the, the internet being really the last uh, biggest uh, revolution we also and uh, agreed on the same vision that uh, what blockchain has to offer, smart contracts, dataverse, uh, metaverse are really the next step after the uh, internet into um, a new revolution, so to speak. And especially coming now in the time where um, data privacy 
and there's a lot going on around around these topics and we really found the way now to to converge all of these um, new wonders into something that will give um, power back to the people so to speak whether ownership through nfts or ownership of data through ocean and then marketplaces um through um like the virtual world hello sebastian i see uh, seb just uh, joined as well um hello everyone yeah. we're starting to have um blue uh, blue uh, crosses in our uh, nft spaces uh, in our twitter spaces it's growing so yes uh, i give you back the words uh, luca so seb uh, we are introducing ourselves um go ahead uh, si tu veux faire une petite introduction Hi guys, uh, Sagar is here from BlockRocket. So basically, we are based on Germany, and we are like early stage startup investor. We invested to like half a million euro in terms of like uh, blockchain-based startups. And I'm looking after all venture development kind of activities. And yeah, really looking forward to listen the metaverse things. And yeah, happy to contribute. And thanks, Nicholas, for the invitation. Hello. Hey guys. Hi, um, I'm Jean. I'm logged in with the MGH account, but I'm also with my actual account as Jean Fire. I'm so happy that we are all here today. And um, I want us to just keep the introductions going, but let's keep them short. Let's also mention what we're interested in. Um, I mean, the team is here. Lucas, I, I don't think Camilla's also in the in the in the group if you guys want to say something let me know this is an open forum this is an open conversation um no question is beyond us we're all here to learn we're all here to understand anyone that says they understand the entire space 100 is not really t telling the truth we're here to support each other and grow with each other so let's keep the conversation going let's keep it open okay so, would you like to say something I think Seb uh, wanted also to say something, but uh, we, uh, we, uh, we inter interrupted a couple of times. No, hello everyone. I guess uh, <laughs> as a quick way of introduction. N nice to meet you all. Hi. Uh, glad <laughs> to be part of uh, yes. uh, this uh, open space today. Um, for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm one of the founders at the Sandbox, which is creating an open metaverse where uh, we, we empower users and creators. We let them create their own NFTs and the game experience and monetize it through NFTs and send token. Uh, we have um, bring many brands and IP into the sandbox. Some of them include Walking Dead, Snoop Dogg. Uh, recently, there's been an announcement, a teaser, I would say more, with Adidas. That announcement will come soon. Um, we have a growing community, a fantastic community of landowners, more than 15,000 uh, today growing rapidly. We have a fantastic community of creators as well using uh, our different uh, creation tools on the platform, VoxEdit or uh, The Game Maker. And well, we are excited to see now uh, within the Sandbox ecosystem appear uh, DAOs like the um, Metagame DAO today. Thank you so much, Sebastian, for gracing us with your presence today. 
which you've accomplished is amazing. Um, thank you for being here. Andy, happy to see you again. Hi, good to hear you. Hi, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're excited about, let the people know. No problem, no problem. Who we have in our midst. No problem, I'm <laughs> trying to connect my mic. So anyways, if you can hear me, I'm, uh, I'm Andy. I'm uh, based in Singapore right now. I am the chairperson for Big One Exchange, uh, currently uh, ranked top 40 uh, globally. So for myself, I'm always uh, an uh, a innovator, you know, I... I talked to a lot of different governments about metaverse in the past, and uh, I'm really happy to see metaverses uh, coming into the mainstream in 2021. You know, so on on our end, from exchange front and also on the personal level, including some of our uh, our network of uh, venture capitalists, you know, we are all heavily putting our our mind, our soul, and our money into a metaverse. So happy to meet everyone and uh, hope to interact more, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for the introduction. Very impressive. We're very proud that we are surrounded by people that have the right vision um, and are not just um, growing with the space, but also actively seeking for a, for a better future for it, right? Because... A lot of people look at the metaverse as a concept that is set in the future when it's something that is affecting us every day. It's already bringing people closer together, building new communities, giving people hope in regards to what's possible, what's out there, and also giving all the digital innovation a space to exist. Having that, having said that, I think... Um, yeah, Nicholas had technical difficulties, but he's back. Hold on one second. I hope that works. Yeah, but perfect. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> My phone somehow broke down. Uh, but yeah, it's great to, to see everyone here and um, have such a big round and to kind of talk a bit about the, you know, convergence of the metaverse also with the dataverse. So I'm also happy to see, you know, experts from that area here today. Um, kind of the first question into the open round, and I hope that we basically finish the introductions. If not, then just <laughs> raise your voice in that sense. Um, the first kind of question into the round would be, how far will the ongoing, let's say, metaverse trend go and what are kind of the next milestones? What I hear from, you know, within the space that especially also in-game assets now within the metaverse are really becoming increasingly relevant. I mean, the meta flower yacht from republic realm sold for like 149 eth the other day so there's definitely still other trends apart from let's say the the main currency or the lands right that are emerging but yeah happy to hear the guys take what, what you guys think about kind of how far this current trend will go and what are kind of the next things to look forward to If nobody wants to go first, I can go first. Speaking um, maybe from a like from a more broader sense, is that when Hello. we look at the when we look at the yes, uh, Michael, if you want to answer, go ahead. Uh, 
If not, I will just reply from the sandbox. Is that just ever, ever, ever? Let's not be shy, guys. Enlighten okay, okay. me I see on some of the things about the quantum computers that can hack Web okay. 2.0. Oh, Michael, could you start? Okay, uh, let's let's take it from the top. So Nicholas uh, my, asked my, the question. Basically, guiding... my question was um, making data algorithms. Uh, work with uh, the decentralized uh, protocols, and basically to put a put a data into protocol and algorithms that protect um, protect them from cyber cyber attacks and things of that nature. Michael, um, I would love to get in. I would love for us to get into your question uh, to enlighten me with quantum computing. Okay. I'd love to get into your question, Michael, and we definitely will, but there's already a question on the floor in regards to possibilities with the metaverse and current developments that I feel like we should address before we continue. But there was like a little awkward silence because everyone is a little shy, but that's okay. We'll get it. We'll get, you know, we'll break the ice. I think Sebastian wanted to say something about what's exciting in the sandbox space and what the next steps there are because they are a giant in this space and they have proven over and over again that decentralization is important to them and that they have the ability to bridge the gap between the world we have outside and the world we are building in the open metaverse. So Sebastian, would you like to answer the question? I think Sebastian disconnected. I can answer the question. It's um, speaking for the on the sandbox we have as well. And yes, sorry for the awkward silence initially, but uh, you know how that is. So speak on the yeah. sandbox um, <laughs> ever. Uh, so we are like all year, like 2021 was a crazy year, I think, for everyone working in the space when it comes to NFTs, uh, DAOs, like just anything, uh, Web 3.0. And one thing that we've seen on the sandbox is when it comes less to bridging this gap between physical and digital is that we've really seen more acceptance around what type of other utility can you bring to NFTs? Because I remember earlier this year, NFTs to the general audience or to the general, general um mindset was really hey it's a digital art piece that artists can use to to sell their art or bring it to like address a new audience however what we've seen over the last couple of months is that the attention is really moving towards utility and what can you do beyond um, just holding an asset and you see that as well in the like in the nft space for the sandbox we are in a unique situation where any asset that is created in our ecosystem will have use cases inside our platform. And uh, we see that across the metrics, across our user base, that there's a lot of interest around just uh, building something that is based on NFTs and that is like there's around true ownership of whoever created it. We see that we have a, like, while our platform is not live yet for players, this will happen next Monday with the Sandbox Alpha. We already have um, a work in progress uh, tools that are available for everyone to download for free, which are called VoxEdit and GameMaker. And on here, we see that the, that the attention is there. Users want to build something that can be used in the metaverse, and there are no boundaries, whether it's a game, whether it's an experience, whether it's a museum, whether it's a a, a yacht that uh, is being like, uh, like the Republic example that you brought up. And I expect this in the coming month and years to be really 
to um, to be more persistent and that creators really will start building for use cases and utility like the the republic uh, yacht is just one example but uh, looking at the sandbox we recently crossed 15000 unique landowners and not not every one of them will be able or will have the skill set to build something on their land. So there is a like a blue ocean for creators to produce something and uh, create something that can be enjoyed inside the metaverse. And in which direction that goes, it's really like we want to speaking for the sandbox, we really want to provide a platform that is completely um, open whether it's a game experience, whether it's a concert, whether it's a museum, whether it's a social hangout, a house or anything really. And that's something where we, where we see the attention is there. And I see this is only going to be like over the next couple of months, more and more persistent. Yeah, I completely agree with you there in regards to the development and how we're going to move into this space. All the little building blocks that we have now are setting us really up to have a complete new um, way of existing, not just playfully. I mean, of course, the gamification aspect makes it extra attractive because who doesn't like to play, right? But in general, I think people that deal with creativity, like I'm an artist, so of course this is really exciting to me because what does this mean? I could be in the digital space. I could be anywhere in the world and still host concerts regardless, regardless of what's going on outside, right? That's a stream, that's a revenue that is never going to be lost. This is potential to connect with people that might not have the privilege to travel to places or even, even register their business or even register their IP. Now they are in a space where they can, they can openly pursue their interests, right? And also protect themselves. So I think that's really interesting for sure. Yeah, and we already see a lot of, um, like it's going to be a different conversation in five years because it's going to be much more established, but we already see that there's new um, job opportunities and revenue streams being opened up for the sandbox. We have a, we have a, an our book, like we have a category that's called creators for hires, which is a list of, I think, 10, um, small teams and creators that are specialized on building experiences for, um, the metaverse and that are, that are not bound to a certain criteria. And you have, um, you have digital real estate, you have digital artists, you have like, community manager DAO, like the, the classical um, job strings, but also new ones that are being created. And it's one part of the sandbox as well of our vision is to create new revenue opportunities that goes beyond play to earn, but that really goes to building your own IP, your own brand and having something that is like that is a, that is a viable business model, which is already the case, but also bringing this further. And of course, there is the whole play to earn component that is a big motivator because um, like talking talking again about the alpha, so sorry to make this up again, but one part of the alpha will be an alpha pass where we're going to um, introduce some type of uh, play-to-earn mechanics where if you hold a pass, you can earn up to 1,000 cent, which is which is a lot. And this is just by engaging with the platform and playing games. And if uh, when I think back when I was a teenager and someone would have told me I can earn, um, earn through playing, I would have... Um, done that a lot so it's going to be very exciting as well to see of course we are opening we are opening the next generation up we're setting them up for something that is beyond our current understanding when i when i say our current understanding i mean what we mainstream believe right you have to go to school you have to finish school of course that's amazing she did that kudos to you 
um, then you have to find a job and then you have to earn your place at a, in life, right? So I feel like the met- us stepping into the metaverse will break down so many notions that have been toxic and have stunted our growth and development. Um, and seeing Sandbox take such an initiative in general is, of course, amazing and to be applauded. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, guys, by the way, um, I was having some connection issues. Nice to see you here. Nice to see so many people like on, on this uh, Twitter spaces. I'm uh, the co-founder of Metagame Hub. <clears throat> and just to, to add my, my two cents to this, um, seeing all this development of like um, play to earn and uh, metaverses, it's, it's like really uh, motivating um, <clears throat> because I see that Web3 is really going to change um, everything and, and the way we interact in the internet. Like if you take a look at the development of the internet, how it started, it started like in a very decentralized way, right? Like you had these open protocols where everybody could actually upload uh, their information, like they could uh, show their websites and their companies. And that uh, started centralizing with a web too, right? Like with social networks, you got all these big companies that uh, started like monopolizing the, the way we interact on the internet. And when I see uh, Web3 coming, like uh, with this counter movement of, of like started by, of course, Satoshi and, and then with Vitalik and now with everybody, um, I see, I mean, it's it's, it's just amazing. I, I'm, I'm, it just motivates me because I see that um, we're bringing ownership back to the people, right? Like what Marcus was saying, he was saying, of course, uh, giving the creators and the builders uh, the possibility to actually uh, at, own things right and it's it's something that we hadn't seen before and um it's just very disruptive so it's 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 just like the beginning of everything i'm super excited but yeah go ahead one thing that i wanted to to actually um bring on the table and it could be the next topic um maybe it would be something for you andy you've been writing a lot about metafy um and we at metagame of our actually really focused on that because we see that there is a um a big new layer of GDP coming um, of pretty much digitally native value. And uh, it's actually very important to have the infrastructure for that digitally native value and, uh, and, and actually set the groundwork so it can really work and, and can really grow exponentially. So um, as I said, you've been writing a lot about Metafy. What is your take on this um, and how do you approach it, Andy? Hey, man. Good to see you again, man. Um... I just very coincidentally this morning I was actually giving a, a short keynote speech at a Vietnam uh, chief finance officer CFO forum this morning. So I had a chance to speak to one of the uh, uh, top bankers in a in a very big bank. Uh, we were talking about uh, MetaFi or, or what I like to use like is a metaverse fi. You know that that kind of a topic. You know the traditional bankers are actually fairly alarmed at the rate, you know, how how the metaverse are changing, you know, how the different metaverses are changing the landscape, you know, they are worried that, you know, there will be uh, really big uh, banks, you know, that will reside on the metaverse, you know, doing all the different DeFi stuff and so forth. And they might, you know, they, they might they might get into some 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 maybe some pressure, you know, from the HQ. Uh 
to to do something very similar or, or take part in uh, what Sandbox you know is trying to build. So I think that that kind of a pressure or that kind of a urge, you know, uh, is actually a is actually something very promising, you know, in 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 my humble opinion. Re- reason being is if if we can grow as much, hype it as much, market as much uh, during this period of time and get the traditional guys, banking guys worried about what should be coming next, you know, I think that is a good success. You know, again, I must say that, uh, you know, Sandbox has played a big part in creating that, that, that whole marketplace, you know, that whole hype. And, and again, you know, coming back to the, to the space that, that we are talking about right now, you know, metaverse. Uh, some of the speaker rightfully mentioned that, you know, many of us are still, you know, stuck in the the mindset of, uh, you know, having a gallery, you know, in the metaverse, maybe doing some homework on metaverse, playing some games on metaverse. But as we move along, you know, we have to understand that metaverse is another univ- another another world that we can play, earn, and do a lot of different activities together on a, on a similar piece of land that, that, is, uh, that is virtually available. And I was even telling one of my friends, you know, you know, if I wanted to order some fried chicken or pizza, you know, I could actually order in the metaverse and get them to deliver to us. You know, perhaps, perhaps um, that's something that, that would really come, come on very, very soon, you know. So I, I see the economy is growing you know, in, 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 uh, in metaverses. I see that the cryptocurrency is playing a very big part in this whole development. So I, I, I want to be very honest about it. I, I hope to see a lot more uh, sandboxes. I hope to see a lot more DAOs, a lot more uh, new players to, to step up, to make sure that the whole place is competitive and the whole place is fun. And... Trust me, man, if, if we can make the banks sweat a bit more, pressure them a bit more, we, we are actually doing a good job. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I completely agree with you. And it's like, it's, it's like a digitally native value, right? So uh, it's super scalable. We're talking about software economies and then, and, and then we're talking about token economies with, which uh, can grow exponentially. So I think they, they will uh, get very scared in that regard. Um, one thing that, that I've been uh, seeing in the last couple of days, um, and this is, this is to you, Mark, um, I've been seeing the, the, the French chart you've been posting of those uh, like kind of complicated uh, DeFi moves uh, to actually generate yield. Um, do you imagine like doing a French chart in the future for uh, metaverses and like in, in play to earn games like with with LPs and, and switching around um, tokens? It's actually already happened. I did one on Avegochi, uh, which is a, a gamified metaverse uh, on top of uh, Polygon, uh, which is based on the Ave uh, uh, protocol but uh, is so much more an, an independent team. And I think more and more uh, strategy uh, can, can be uh, defined in that way on top of play-to-earn game that can be optimized. Uh, one example on top of my head is that one of the popular Metaverse games we have out there uh, is DeFi Kingdoms. And there's good ways to uh, 
optimize the, the yield uh, strategy on this game. Also, Axie Infinity, obviously, uh, the, the, most, uh, uh, the most popular one out there. And as the ecosystem grows and more and more opportunities happen, uh, more and more people will uh, basically create economies on top of those metaverse. And that's not something brand new. Uh, I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to remember uh, Second Life. I don't know if you guys remember Second Life, but uh, it was like uh, a network with their own currency, uh, the Linden token, something like that. And uh, their own economy. You you can build house, have a job, and all these kind of things in the game. And those currency was uh, convertible to actual USD. So what we are building is something more seamless, more developed uh, that was tried ten years ago. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, I've heard that from quite some people now, the Second Life also comparison, right? Um, so we're definitely in, in the right uh, direction when it comes to the value creation there. Um, another aspect that personally also I find interesting, um, and here the question would go to you, Manan, kind of um, in what way do you see the metaverse converging with the dataverse in that sense? Do you hear us, Manan? I think we've lost a soldier. Ah, he's here. Hello? Yes, Nicholas? we can hear you. Sorry, uh, connection issues here as well. Yeah, so the way I see this, or at least according to me, what we'll see in the coming coming uh, years or even like months is uh, today uh, games like sandbox and uh, decentraland and every other other you know uh, metaverse player is like is kind of a uh, metaverse lego right uh, the same way that we saw so defy legos being set up by Awe and others in like 2020 early 2020 and you know and then there was a convergence and integrations that happened uh, with different protocols launching on top. And we'll see something similar uh, in here too, where there will be bridges between different games and you know uh, there will be some integrations. Uh, Meta, Meta Game Hub is doing one of them uh, by creating, uh, integrating over uh, Sandbox and creating like you know a valuation tool for lands and other NFTs. So we'll see a lot of convergence uh, you, uh, going on in the metaverse and data uh, will be one of the primitives that will also be very, very, uh, uh, very utilized in the, in the coming times. Uh, one of the, one of the utilization would be the NFT oracles. So one of the reasons uh, right now we don't see a lot of DeFi and NFT merger is because of the illiquid NFTs or the valuation of the NFTs, right? But with the right tools and with the right data sets, you can create or you can actually, uh, you know, uh, find a fair price of a particular NFTs. Right now, everyone is just jumping on the floor prices, but probably floor price is not the right metric uh, to find the NFTs. And with enough data, uh, if you can find a fair price, then that lego can be used to converge DeFi and metaverse and most likely we'll see that as well in the coming future 
Yeah, I think exactly. Man, and I think that. Oh, go ahead, Lucas. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Nice to hear that. Um. That's basically exactly what we are doing at MG8 right now, right? With the NFT valuation tool, we are having this AI algorithm, right? And uh, we are currently evaluating um, sandbox lands of that and bring this data then on chain through a chain link node. So that and potential DeFi protocols, for example, could use this NFT valuation data to not anymore use, for example, like you said, the floor price, which is very unfair if you have a very valuable sandbox land, for example, and you want to collateralize alone with it, right? So that's exactly what we are we are doing right now at MGH. So glad to hear that uh, from you as well. Yes, so Camilo, sure, go ahead now. Yeah, I just wanted to, to make a quick comment regarding the floor price because it's, it's actually a very interesting topic. Um, I mean, we're in a bull market, so floor prices are, are not, um, I mean, quite low, right? So one of the things that, that we're experiencing with the valuation tool is that in some cases, the, 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 the prices that are being generated um, by, by the algorithm um, are sometimes below or uh, lower than the floor price, right? So that's actually a very interesting uh, discussion to, to really um, move away from that and just from, from that uh, a price that is being set, of course, by the market, which is, I mean, a very uh, important factor. But if we start having like tools to uh, value those assets and, and really finding a price that is set by like all the different variables that are put into the algorithm, I think um, it would be interesting to see how that's going to develop because as, as of now we're just focused, as, as Manon said, on the on the floor price. And that could, could uh, I mean, le lead to some frictions uh, in terms of uh, determining the fair price of, of, of an NFT or, or an asset in general. Uh, now, um, one thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, we have Bian on the call as well, and and uh, he's a lawyer. Um, we or MetaGame would would like to talk about a bit, like um, what are the legal aspects of of the metaverse? How do you how do you see it? Like um, when we have disputes yeah. in the metaverse about some issues, how it's how it's that going to develop in the next couple of years? Yeah, thank you, Camilo. So that's a pretty uh, interesting question. So maybe I will start like myself. So I think I skipped that to just like everybody knows. I'm Bian. I'm a lawyer in that space. I'm like in crypto, especially since like 2016, 2015, 2016. And like my advisory focus was always like especially on DAOs and now like NFTs and how to legally structure them and. Of course, all the classical financial market stuff, but um, mainly DAOs now. So regarding like Web3 and NFTs, legally, I think what is really interesting is to see if also like from a legal side, we will see the developments that also like legal claims will be connected to NFTs. Because at the moment, we are like mainly focused to have just like a value which gives the market to them, but we don't really have... A legal claim regarding to nft you just have a legal claim when there's like a contract or what the what the uh, like founder of the nft connect, connects to them so i think from a legal perspective at the moment it's hard to say if you really have like a property regarding an nft of course on the blockchain you have the property but if you connect 
some kind of like real value to it that will be right just with the NFT right to replicate it. So I, I think we will see in the future also that lawmakers will try to also get that in the legal framework, right? To let, have like to create like some kind of tools to also make it taxable and to also give on one sign the security regarding the NFT that you really have a legal ownership that you can also make like if there's a dispute over, over an NFT that you can go in front of a judge and say all right it's really my property and that like real property on the blockchain is all also connected to legal property right with NFTs so interesting to see and also I think that this also NFTs, especially if they like replicate some kind of market value, if it can be seen as a security, right? And um, I hope, and I try, like when I advise, like for example, European Commission regarding the regulation of NFTs, I think it would be like a bad idea to see it as a security with all the regulation that comes with it, because I think it, you should at the finally be like legally looked at it as art, right? And that it's just ownership and property but in some cases it could all be also be like some derivative structure so it will be also interesting to see like from a legal side how it involves because as I know at the moment there's like very much how to like legally do it especially with IP rights and ownership rights and all this kind of stuff I hope I didn't kill the fun here. <laughs> no, you didn't. You could again. never. <laughs> no, I mean, you could never. It's fine. The startup. It's always yeah. like killing the fun <laughs> from the people, right? Because always, oh, can we do that? Can we? Cannot do that and stuff like that. So no, but I, I think it's, it's it's a super interesting conversation because we dream a lot here, and and I mean we we are super creative and come up with new ideas, and and sometimes like of course against the system a bit, right? But at the end of the day, uh, you got to cope with regulations in, in a sense, right? So uh, it will be interesting mm -hmm. to see how that's going to develop. Um, yeah. I mean, in regards to regulations and law, we can, look at, we can look at how the world works in general, right? The more people are going to get comfortable in the metaverse, the more regulations are going to catch up. They're going to find a way to manage the situation. That's just how it's going to be. But the, the opportunity here is that we already thought ahead a little bit because we are trying to grow beyond the system that is confining us, right? So all the solutions that we're coming up with are solutions that are beyond their scope at this point. And when it's time again to evolve, I believe in, in our need for innovation and I believe in our quest for true freedom and decentralization. So I think we'll find solutions that will, the same way we, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, this might have been a concept that is too, like, it's too far, it's like, to grasp, right? Now we're having these conversations. We are seeing it in real time. We are, the, we are evolving. So when the time comes and regulations are stricter, there will be a different way of operating, but it will be decentralized. And as long as we keep that spirit and we keep that innovation and we keep asking these questions and, and, and also building the bridges with each other because we are way stronger as a community and we're looking out for all these little question marks, 
um, we'll have to deal with it one step at a time. So no, you're not killing the fun, never killing the fun. This is a real conversation um, that needs to be had and will continue to be had. So we're not surprised by anything that happens. Um, we, we should all actively be looking for um, entry points that could be used to 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 kind of centralize the metaverse again or uh, to to veer it off to what it potentially could be but i i, I just want to say this um don't be scared because of regulations right at some point any if you ask someone who who made their license in the 70s and you ask someone last week it's completely different you know it, it's tougher to get a license now than it used to be but people still get them that's my take on that and I think for most yeah, of the part, so you're right. Uh, yeah, regulation yeah. will. Sorry, Ben. Go on. I was gonna just gonna quick jump in and said I'm totally right. I think she's totally right. And the key is always decentralized. As more as as we have more decentralization, regulation gets harder, and lawmakers don't have any chance to. Kill the innovation with the law, so that's of course not legal advice. But I think, as we all hear, for like the focus on decentralization, I think that's also the key to be innovative and to not like get killed by the regulations. Because if you don't have like a central entity which is controlling every, everything, it's really hard to enforce law on it. And it it's fully decentralized. There's like no one person which could be may help liable for everything so fully like full and um proper decentralization is really the key in innovation i think especially in this space i mean for this we really have to look uh, the whole problem is our definition of law and regulations because let's look at it uh, in the last uh, centuries uh, so to speak that has been the blueprint for the regulations for the laws so when we are talking about regulations in like a decentralized world now, we have really to start from scratch, from zero, because most people are trying to use the same blueprints of regulations of the decentralized world, so to speak, here, but it will never work, right? And we're going to fight for this. We're going to fight for uh, us not falling back in the decentralized uh, way, so to speak. Yeah, there is also one other angle, actually apart from decentralization, is to create a new category of tokens. On what, on what does it really mean, like law, here in this space? Because it's, it's going to be, it's going to have a different, uh, different vision from, from, from like the, the centralized uh, old school uh, regulations. Yeah, of course. I also think there needs to be new, new approaches, right? As you said, like we always the old law approach was always like about centralization and always having some kind of entity. But the biggest issue that we already see with like DAOs, like which laws is applicable for them? Like they're running on the blockchain like everywhere and nowhere in the world, like which jurisdiction is going to be um, used for them. So I think, as you said, like the lawmakers, and it will be interesting to see if uh, they will be forced to do that kind of development that you will see that it will be more like global laws that it's not going to be like every every jurisdiction has their own laws but that it, there will be like global laws maybe for DAOs or for other decentralized entities and i hope in that space that really like the crypto space can also like reach the hand out and give advice to 
try to have an influence right on this topic because if you just like have the idea to always try to avoid the regulation there will always come a point where there's like no way around it so i think it would be good also for the crypto space to reach out on that and help to get an influence how lawmakers will also try to regulate these entities and so we can keep the freedom and also like the decentralization in a proper way which also makes it possible to have some kind of protection for investors and consumers right because like we also see in crypto are rug pulls and people who don't have then any chance like to get anything back so i think we need like a good back have regulators or lawmakers not to think that you know, make have a broader approach and not just like hunt everything down and try to regulate it how CPI is regulated, right? So uh, we will see how that works out. Yeah, the thing is, uh, many regulations are based on on uh, old school models, right? That are super, and uh, I mean, you can forget about them because they, they are based on some some fundamentals that don't apply anymore with this. Uh, with this, uh, like, internet revolution, right? Um, but Manan, you wa you wanted to say something. <clears throat> I think Yusuf uh, interrupted yeah, you. So partly. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to comment on, like, uh, it will be very difficult for the regulators to catch up with the ongoing innovation in the space. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, one of the ways... It, other ways apart from the decentralization as uh as Bian mentioned is to also create a new category of token right so i mean it's 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 not it's not very difficult to create you know a, a new category of token i mean of course everyone is uh, uh innovating here and someone will just you know uh, do it and i already see some projects with the conditional nfts and nest, uh, nested nfts and other type of innovations so yeah if you just launch on a new category of uh, token apart from nft or erc20 then again it takes a couple of years for the regulators to catch up with that so there are multiple ways you know uh, and a lot of innovation going like horizontally and vertically and yeah it's very difficult for the regulators to catch up on the current innovation rate yeah, I do agree with this. Um, you know, ha having giving advice to a different government, I, I've realized uh, that uh, a lot of government do not even have a good way to regulate uh, DeFi products. You know, so if we are going to add in things like DAO or 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 metaverse um, uh, scenario, I think it's going to take a long time for them to catch up. So, so the best thing to do actually right now is not just about uh, new level of tokens or new governance token and so forth. I think, you know, um, you know, being, being part of the crypto industry, I think we have to exercise some form of uh, self-regulation. That's number one. Number two is um, uh, we should also constantly uh, communicate with regulators to update them on some of the progresses uh, that is in the space, you know, have some of these uh, communication sessions with them so that they actually know that we are not here, you know, like cowboys and you know, some of them they still have the perception that you know uh you know the crypto space guys are just a bunch of people who are just trying to uh rip off everyone else you know so i think if we have constant communication and so forth with this um with, with the regulators a lot of this uh, perception can be greatly reduced and uh you know and again you know a lot of our 
our uh, speakers and listeners right here, a lot of them are also hiding behind a, a lot of these uh, avatars, profile pictures and so forth. In order for us to grow, you know, there's another way that we should also consider by stepping up, revealing who, who we are and uh, try to try to speak the truth. You know, that that's one way uh, for us to go mainstream and that's also a way for us to be a lot more legit, you know, in the in the eyes of the regulators. Yeah. I completely agree with you, Andy. Um, open communication is key. Um, I feel like I, I don't think I have personally had two conversations with anyone that doesn't try and use crypto for the good of development or for the good of community. I think the very DNA of seeking knowledge, seeking innovation, it comes kind of hand in hand. Of course, there are exceptions, but it kind of comes hand in hand with solving a problem, which means if we do have these open conversations and we explain what, what it, the process is about or what the purpose behind it is, it can, of course, accelerate regulations because then they actually are catching up because they are getting guidance and understanding and being getting life updates. But on the other hand, I feel um, certain in certain regions in the world, for example, that could lead to more development, not more innovation, more funding, and um, maybe a new structure for the legacy systems that they that we then end up having a hybrid world where you know legacy doesn't i mean camille said something really interesting he said all the old regulations and all the new old concepts they're dead and gone but it's the same concept reimagined for the people right so it's something that we've been seeking for centuries we have been seeking the, democracy is not a new concept but we have figured out a better way to do it we figured out a faster way to do it. We figured out a more transparent way to do it. So now that we have it, how do we prove that this is better than what we had before? By keeping true to the path, by having the conversations, as you said, and by showing our cards to a certain extent. I'm, for example, worried that we end up in conversations with people that um, depend on the legacy systems a little too much to actually care of remove, like not removing it or evolving it, right? Because it does cut out the middleman. It does cut out um, dif different hierarchies that also have their own structures. So I think in the crypto space, that's why where the where the the, the wall is thin wall, where it's like we see in a new world. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna mix together? I I really. I don't think that we will ever have a uniform answer or uniform solution for every region in the world because just world history and how we deal with democracy and innovation is completely different from country to country sometimes. But I, I do hope that it's more positive because DAO for me represent a, a possibility in collaborating and, and, and the technology that is around it, including you know, the stepping into the virtual world with, met, with the metaverse and, existing there and, and not being confined by by standards that might have conflicted with your growth outside for example your age your location those are things that really harm people citizenship these are things that have people climbing on boats right but now we're in a space where and the metaverse doesn't matter 
It doesn't matter where you are, if you have an internet connection, if you are willing to learn, to read. And I think us moving into that time as a people, I think that's that the exciting part. And of course, we can go into the nitty and gritty of tokens and governance, but what does it all really boil down to? Why would anyone care? Why is mainstream adoption going to be happening regardless of what regulation is doing, regardless of whether we're having a conversation or not? Simply because as people, we've been seeking this. So yes, let's figure out how to constantly keep the conversation going and open the doors, but let's also not forget why we are here. This is not something we just came up with. This is something that we inherited it and we evolved it. And that's why this space to me is exciting. Absolutely. But uh, yeah. Basil wanted to say something. John, could you? Yeah, hey guys, what's up? Actually, I have a question, but before my question, I just want to say something like, like, um, like highlight what MetaGame said. Uh, like, this is important. Um, you mentioned something about borders. <clears throat> Like, I come originally from Syria, I'm a doctor, and I live currently in Germany. So as a Syrian person who lived in a country that has war and so on, the passport loses its value. It becomes harder and harder for you to apply to other countries, to go to visit them, to go, to go there, because they see you as a person coming from a country of war, a country of instability. So the visa consultant wouldn't look at you as a person who wants to get the visa. He looks at you as a person who wants to go there and get uh, you know uh, to apply for as a refugee so using the metaverse would be awesome for people from such countries to you know able to uh, to be able to interact with people outside this country because if you're living in such a country you wouldn't be able to interact with a lot of people outside the country because you're still in that country and no one comes to that country of war so i appreciate what you said about that um like I think the applications will be so high for for the metaverse, like online education. I've already worked on national online education uh, projects, and I see the metaverse is a really, really good and fertile environment for such projects. And uh, also, you can make um, uh, since I'm a doctor, like I'm trying to apply what I work in. You can make actual hospitals, but you know, for consultations and so on. Like uh, the doctor can sometimes give s small consultations for. For you know non-life-threatening things, and I will be, I believe it's a good application. However, the third uh, the third application it, it it coincides with my question to you, and you look like you have experience in um, uh, in the metaverse metaverse or metaverse platforms. And my question is, I've been contacted by multiple platforms. There are new platforms, They're not like the known one known ones and um i hold concerts usually on spaces here uh, i feature new new musicians nft musicians to so to say and i've been contacted by multiple platforms to to do concerts on their metaverses let's say how do i choose the right one what are the criteria of a good metaverse platform okay before i take the question does anyone want to answer this because i feel like i have been speaking quite a lot no okay how do you choose which metaverse is right for you i think that question is going to come up more and more often as time goes by i think you should look at the community right look at what they're building what do they care about what do they talk about the same way no one can pick your friends for you no one can pick your metaverse for you Right. The goal is to, at the end of the day, be in that digital space where you are comfortable, where you are confident, where you feel like you belong. 
there is no person in the world that can tell you where you belong more than you. Um, I would, I would always choose something that is decentralized, something that is community focused. But then we also live in a time where, my, because of marketing, everyone says the same thing about being community focused. So then you can look at the founders, you can look at the team that is working on it, you can look at the community that is talking about it. What are some of the milestones they've accomplished? And if they don't have any milestones because they are still in their grassroots phase, then what do what is their goal? What does their white paper say, for example? Okay, what are the kind of questions that are being asked? What is important to you moving into that space? I think that's the first question that you should ask yourself. Um, and once you know what is important to you, you also know what you can live with and what you can what you can live without, or what you need to actually be comfortable in the metaverse, or what kind of resources, what kind of conversations do you need to have? You know. So the first thing is, what do you want out of the metaverse? So um, aside from uh, like you, all of all of what you mentioned, like a lot, uh, were subjective criteria, except for one that I heard from. You. And I was asking about the non-subjective criteria. For example, you mentioned something important. You said it's decentralized. It should be decentralized. So thank you for that. But uh, does anyone else have more non-subjective criteria, like being a decentralized metaverse, like that? I'll be more than glad to receive um, advice from you guys. Uh, well, it also depends what you are searching by getting into the metaverse or getting into this uh, new world, because not uh, all the metaverses are um, regarding from decentralization are the same uh, in what they are offering. Um, if you're going more in a gaming vision or like a decentralized commerce vision or more into like socializing. Uh, so the different metaverses are going to have different focuses on, on what is going on there. Uh, so it's not going to be just virtual worlds but really hubs uh, for, for different niches. Uh, so it should be asking yourself, what are you then looking for? Uh, are you looking for uh, building, uh, building something for, for like a company, maybe like a uh, advertising your, um, um, no, it's, your it's company host, for building it's, something? It's, it's or more to host the concerts that, uh, that I host on the spaces because we've got you know, good traffic on the spaces so far. And we, we're trying to think for the future to move to a, me to a metaverse from the, you know, from the, um, how do you say it? from the offers that we received. And I haven't chosen one yet because as I said, um, I, I, I will need to think carefully before jumping into the next level of these NFT music concerts. Okay, so how about we do this? Um, my account is Jean Fire, so Jean, I don't know if you see, I'm wearing jeans. You can follow me um, and send, I'll send you my email or um, yeah, and then you can send it to me and I can look at it and we can get on a call and, and break it down together. I make music myself, so I feel like there could be synergies there. But at this point, if I don't know what your options are, I can't really tell you beyond that. Okay. I hope that kind of helps. Okay. Okay. So uh, the thing is, in case you want to see what I'm talking about, after several hours from seven hours from now, like the concert will be, it's every Friday. So after several hours from now, you can come and check and tell me what do you think um, for example, which platform would be the best for me to, um, I mean, as I said, I have no experience or whatsoever with metaverses. I only, you know, buy little stuff or coins from them, but I never bought any land so far or any club. So that, that was my, my question, how to pick a good metaverse. That's okay. Send, send the stuff. I'm sure the rest of the initiators would love to um, pull up as well. 
Um, but beyond that, welcome to the space. Um, um, Happy to for your questions. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. Also, I just want to ask: uh, Sebastian is here. Is he the, the 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 founder of Sandbox the Metaverse or Sandbox just the game? I I DM'd him the question, but he doesn't follow me, so probably he didn't see it. Well, I think technically both, since uh, historically Sandbox uh, as a franchise started as a mobile game in 2012. So we co-founded that game originally on iOS and Android. And since 2018, we've been building uh, Sandbox, the open metaverse, as a platform now, which incorporates those creation tools and uh, this virtual gaming virtual world. Oh, nice, nice. And and how how far are you? Uh, uh, how progre how progredient are you? How advanced are you so far with the with the whole project? Uh, what are the the updates so far? We. We're really into an alpha phase, I would say. Um, we have launched so far uh, the different creation tool on the platform, Box Edit or 3D Editor, the Marketplace, the Game Maker, which is a no-code software, the Map. All of them are accessible and regularly updated uh, in alpha or beta stage. And what we uh, are going to open next week uh, on Monday 29th is the alpha season which will give a first taste of uh, our intention of play to earn for any landowners. It will consist into a 20 days long event closing on December 20th uh, with four public hubs accessible to just anyone where you just can uh, use their avatar, socialize, chat, dance, do various activities and get the chance to win uh, drops of alpha tickets every day. I'll explain what it is. And then if you own an alpha ticket, an NFT, which is an NFT, you can access 18 more experiences, uh, multiplayer, single player. And as you progress, you come, you play, you complete some of those quests, uh, nine different quests to be found uh, overall, you will be able to claim free NFTs as well as up to a thousand sand as reward. So in total, we have 5,000 tickets, so 5 million sun in reward as of today's rate. That's almost $7,000 you can earn by engaging with this event, which we think is is really uh, a meaningful amount of money for anyone in the world, not just um, like whether you're in Europe, Asia, or US. If you just engage, you can actually turn really your playtime into a, a revenue or a salary this way. So, I mean, I think you found the metaverse you are looking for. <laughs> yeah, me? Yeah, I found, I found it. So, Sebastian, um, can, can we please talk about this more in the DM? Or, like, uh, can we can we talk about how, you know, I have some more questions. Can I DM you? Yes, of course. Um, uh, I'll try my best. I always try my best to answer everyone. Just uh, apologize if it's not same day or same hour. And I've been seeing extended, uh, a great amount of interest recently uh, has been overwhelming us. But we try also to be focused on this uh, milestone of alpha. And afterwards, it will get all back to normal. Nice. To be honest, it would be more than awesome to collaborate with you, man. So, yeah, just um, I'll just follow you. I'll continue on the DM. Thanks a lot, guys. You're welcome, man. Sure. Um, thank you very much for everything so far. I think we got to wrap it up really quickly. But before we go, I mean, we talked about like um, 
the, the, the scope of the metaverse, we talked about um, MetaFi and how finance can be included into, into this uh, whole discussion. And we talked about data and the dataverse, and we talked about law. Um, we talked about like what are the good characteristics of a metaverse, but there's one thing that we really missed, which is key, and it's what is the metaverse? And uh, to wrap it up, I would like you guys to quickly, um, just if you would have to explain it to your grandma, just a brief explanation of what the metaverse is. Who wants to go first? We'll do a quick round of, of the speakers and then we'll wrap it up. All right, guys, thank you. Okay, who wanna start or can I just start? I can. For for me, then I just <laughs> for me the metaverse is basically the next way of social interaction. Like we have now social media, like Facebook, Twitter, and stuff, right? Like two dimensional social media, and the metaverse or the open metaverse is for me then the next way of social interaction, so to say, social media, right? So you can say it's like social media, uh, 2.0. Then yes, Yusuf, then okay, go next. Uh, nice, Lucas. Uh, for me, I share a bit the same vision, uh, just that for me, it's way more than just virtual world or such, but the metaverse is also the time and the moment where our uh, virtual assets or the time we spent uh, virtually in our encounters gets then more uh, uh, above what we have or what we, we possess in the, in the real world like we are living in. And that is then what I call the metaverse. It's really the moment where what we have like digitally uh, the assets or like crypto or like friends or or time is more than in the real world then we are in the metaverse that's uh yeah uh, okay i i think um if i'm going to explain this to my grandma i would just say that this would be a second world uh it is a world when she passed away and her, her soul her concept and everything will still stay within the metaverse and she lives forever so that's my version of a metaverse Nice. Uh, for me, crazy, uh, I'll actually just simplify that. So for me, if I would be explaining it, explaining it to uh, my parents or my grandmom, then I would say it's kind of like a Facebook. But in this world, when you play Candy Crush Saga, you keep all the candies to yourself. You don't have to give it to anyone else. So basically, it's about social interaction, but also ownership of whatever value you created in that interaction. Yeah, instead of giving the value to the middleman like Facebook and other networks. Thank you, Manan. Definitely, I think that's a, a oh. great um, um, point there, Manan. And I think kind of that convergence with social media and kind of the intuitive tools that they already know from Web2 could be like a good approach. And I would explain it, kind of explaining them to respective tools that they know I'm, my grandma, for instance, uses WhatsApp, so <laughs> uh, I could maybe start with this, like a digital ecosystem of communication, and then kind of scaling it further toward, you know, kind of the notion of a digital ecosystem of value that in the best case, when it's an open metaverse, is decentralized, right? And kind of um, utilizing that approach with, with the comparisons to existing systems. But um, yeah, happy also to hear your take, Sebastian. Didn't want to cut you off, so yeah, um, let us know what your take is on what the metaverse is. Well, if it's uh, for your grandmother, I would go with ultra simple uh, definition. 
imagine it's a digital parallel world where us can experience all sorts of more social and immersive um, interaction wherever we are in the world, whatever uh, we can choose our identity, we can play, we can collaborate, we can enjoy virtual shows, virtual concerts, uh, art galleries, um, we can uh, earn a revenue through it, and it will be fun. And borderless. Exactly. A place with a lot of culture where you can encounter people who are thousands of kilometers away and share more together, share exciting moments together. Yeah, I think that's an, a, a great closing word. Um, um, I'm not sure. I think, Camilo, you are the last one to, to give your explanation of the matters. Um, and then, yeah, I think it was a great um, and awesome conversation, guys. Really enjoyed it. Can I have a quick question from Mate Game? She, sh she said she has another account. Uh, is that Jean, the one that I f uh, followed? Yes, Jean. You can follow okay, the account. You. And yes, just send me the email. Let me know. Yeah, and I'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. But Kimolo, take it away, and then I'll close the room. It was a pleasure hosting everyone. Thank you so much for joining and giving your time and your ear and your information. <laughs> we are we are very grateful. Thank you. Don't forget Camilo, I think. So if I would have to explain it to my grandma, I would say, Grandma, the metaverse is a place on the internet where you can watch your favorite movies, play your favorite games, uh, listen to your favorite artists, and just do all the activities you like with uh, your people and friends in a seamless way. That's how it without paying without paying. <laughs> so um, thank you very much, everybody. It was a super interesting conversation. I hope we can have it again in the future because um, Web three um, is 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 really disruptive. And I think okay, guys, we need to spread out the word. And sorry, uh, go ahead, Jean. <laughs> no, my nobody my wants, network cut off, so I thought it was it was just quiet. Never mind, speak. So yeah, but that's all I wanted to say. So guys, thank you very much. Uh, see you on the next Twitter Spaces with Meta Game Hub, and don't forget to try out our evaluation tool. Um, we're improving it every day. If you are interested in uh, Sandbox Lands, please go ahead and uh, check it out on our website. You will be able to see like what the prices are and uh, what the fair valuations are for that. Uh, it's gonna be a very relevant tool in the future. Uh, so just check it out. And thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, everyone. Guys. Thank you, guys. Bye. Have a great day. Thanks for the conversation. Bye -bye. See you, guys. Yeah. We really didn't feel the time, right? Like more than an hour past. And uh, next time we'll cover more about uh, data. Um, we have a lot to, to cover from that side. See you, everyone.